Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 13, Marriage Matters. Yes, marriage does matter. If you follow us on Instagram, I will hashtag that sometimes. And it's like a little like wink and a nod to a marriage group we did mm. a few years ago back when we were in CA. Remember that, Matt? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed them. I know. Uh, we did Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage book. But a couple things happened. Uh, a, nobody read the book. I was going to say, we didn't really do the book. I read the book, <laughs> and I would do like a book report every time that it came. And I was like, wait, what are we doing? Where? And I'm like, Which okay. chapter? I read a half a paragraph. <laughs> I know. And then they'd be like, and then we'd talk about it, but no one could even remember the name of the book, let alone read the book. And so they started just calling it Marriage Matters, Marshall Mathers. Yeah, we started saying anything that starts with the letter M, including Eminem's real name. <laughs> it was a it was a great old time. Well, Eminem still works. Marriage yeah. matters, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So we are talking today about marriage and how to cultivate intimacy when marriage is tough. Uh, we've been we've been going through a little season, haven't we, Matt? Mm-hmm. It is fall. <laughs> oh my word. Is this how this whole podcast is going to go today? Yeah. We've been in a little mar- speaking of marriage season. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh no, but it's not that like we are uh in a, you know, like we're talking divorce or anything like that, but and it's not even just cuz it's a mixed orientation marriage, but there are seasons in marriage where it's tougher than others. Steve, can you attest to that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. I, it's not just us. Then. Right. No. So you just say, enough. "Can I get a witness?" And, Can I get a witness? Yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we've been married 25 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally get that. There's it just kind of ebbs and flows. It does. Yeah. 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 And so mm-hmm. I think we've been we've been in a little winter season. Um, but just so if you are single and listening to this, and you're like, click, turn it off. Uh, we I really think that some of what we're going to be talking about today is not just good for a marriage relationship, for but just for relationships in general. So we're going to talk about like how can you cultivate just friendship and depth, no matter who the person is, and even in those tough seasons so that we don't bail. Um, Matt and I, we often talk about oneness in the church, and we, we tend to quit on each other more often than we um, engage even when it's tough. So I'm hoping this will be helpful for everyone. But let's go ahead and talk about the question of the week from last week, which was about prayer. And mm-hmm. what is your current favorite form of prayer? Aside from the Lord help me prayer when I'm dealing with the girls in the oh. afternoons. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've been really just like during my Bible reading time in the morning, just as scripture kind of stands out to me, I've been trying to just pray that over me. Hmm. So not necessarily just quoting the scripture, but like starting there and and then kind of letting my prayer kind of just go off of that. Um, what are you reading it, these days, like, for example? Well, I, I'm on a Bible plan reading like through the Bible in a year um, chronologically. So right now I'm in the wonderful times in like Second Chronicles, which, <laughs> you know, talking about all the like kings that were not you know, righteous and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's been not as pronounced and like those good, like, oh, that's such a good verse. Like, you know, but it, it's, it just shows like God's, God's heart for, for his people. And mm. like, so today it was when he was talking about one of the Kings, I forget which one, there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, but he was talking about how he wasn't, he did not follow God with his whole heart and he actually followed 
the ways of Jeroboam and, and everything. And so let Israel into sin or Judah into sin. But and it was like, but for the sake of his covenant with David, you know, God didn't just basically decimate, you know, Judah. And, hmm. um, and so I, I guess for me that hit me in like, because I've, I've been in those places where I've felt like God should have decimated me. Hmm. And, but for the sake of his reputation and his faithfulness to us that he, he doesn't. And so that's kind of what hit me a little bit today. So you just like go like praying from there. So you're just like, thank you, God, for not decimating me. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, I just, not, I just necessarily, not necessarily in those exact words, but I mean, just kind of thinking about his faithfulness and, and just the times where I haven't been deserving of that and how he has stayed you know, true. And so trying to go back and remember those times when it was like, okay, God, I see your faithfulness here. And it doesn't even have to be like my own sin, but just times when I'm like discouraged, but God remains faithful. And so. That's really cool. I, uh, when you said, you know, the help me Jesus prayers, I was like, oh, that doesn't, we can't, that doesn't count. We can't just make that our answer. <laughs> oh, shoot. I, I mean, like that, I'm kidding, it kind counts. of. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I have struggled to be like intentional, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know, just more disciplined, I guess, in yeah. prayer. And so it has been very kind of almost stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, almost like just inviting the Lord into my self-talk, you know. Um, but recently I have felt a little convicted about that. Like I want, I do want to be just a little more disciplined and intentional. And I am also more convinced than ever of how important prayer is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've just kind of like taken to journaling. Huh. So when for like I, the first time? Well, no, not for the first time. Okay. Um, there was a while several years ago that I, I did it pretty consistently, but I have not until just, I don't know, a couple months ago picked it back up. Hmm. So it's been just kind of like working through just whatever uh, I'm feeling is the issue right now that I want to talk to the Lord about, um, integrating scripture and how scripture is either convicting me or encouraging me into that with praise and just mm. asking God, okay, I want more of this in my life. Help me, you know? Is, um, it, is it hard to make it like authentic? Cause you just said that's hard. Like it, does it, does it begin rote and then it gets hearty, like more like from your heart or is it like, Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it actually isn't a whole lot different from the stream of consciousness inviting the Lord into that. But the difference is uh, I don't get as distracted because I'm actually going through the process of writing it down. So it kind of makes it it physical. Yeah, and it helps me focus. I'm able to follow my thoughts through. You know, and um, I want to work next on sitting there patiently and wait and listen for his response. You know, like we were talking last week with Carolyn, you know. So, and again, like even just that experience of sitting with her reminded me, oh, yes, I have not done that in a long time. And so anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. Not at all. I love it. And it just makes me think about, I just love being around people who are older than me. Like, you know, you're a little bit older than Steve and then Carolyn, just Mm -hmm. because you're like, okay. This Christianity thing isn't just like a whim. This isn't some random thing. There are people who, who can live it and mm. make it integrated into their whole life, their their whole life. And mm-hmm. so I, anyway, I just love the intergenerationalness of <laughs> the church body. Uh, for me, my favorite form of prayer right now is just sitting with God. 
feel like I'm I'm under a lot of stress and pressure right now just with our conference coming up and we just moved offices. We just mm-hmm. got a new office, which we're so grateful for, but things are just growing and expanding. And with growth comes uh, increased pressure. And man, this like conversation of like bridging the gap between, you know, LGBT people in the church is not for the faint of heart. And so I can't just like bippity bop my way through life. I have, I have to like get the pain out on God, like of the hard stuff. And so I literally, I just, I'm like not journaling. I'm usually a journaler. And right now I'm just like breathing out whatever gross stuff is inside on Jesus and like just trying to receive love when I begin my days. Because I can't do it. I really cannot do this high-pressure job without receiving God's love for me first. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll just have my Bible open and just, like, read really gentle things. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, this season right now is, like, breathing out the anxiety and breathing in love. And um, love empowers, which is really neat. Hmm. All right, let's go to Goofball Island. <laughs> I want to, let, let's take a submarine today. Are there actually like sound effects like submarine? Like, yeah, yeah, we can do that too. And we can do all the things here on Goofball <laughs> Island because it's Goofball Island. Okay, now speaking of island, uh, we're going to take a question this week about. Um, what would you want to take with you on a desert island? What three items? Now, listen, here's the rules. Not people or animals, because you're like Jesus and your dog or whatever, right. um, or your wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have, these are the things you have with you. You have a pop-up tent, an all-purpose knife set. I don't know what all that purpose is. All-purpose knife set? We talked about you being a knife guy. You probably know what actual knives are. Uh, and rations are sent to you every day. So then what else would you bring? Okay, so I saw this, but I didn't read it thoroughly. <laughs> so I I was like, uh, I would need a gun. And, uh, you know, I yeah. need to get some hunting lessons before I go. But if people are sending rations yeah. every day, then I don't have to worry about that, right, which right. I'm, I'm glad for. And I'm not quite sure what I need the knives for at that point either. But That's true. would it be self-defense? Would it, I don't, you know. Don't you just building, need a... building shelter, maybe. And, oh. No, but you have a pop-up tent. What about like whittling More permanent stuff? shelter. Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. So anyway, uh-huh. uh, since food is taken care of, yes. and this is, you know, obviously that's a big category for me. Uh, I said a bag of books. I mean, could that be one item? Yeah, sure. A barrel of books. You could you just take like a an e-reader. Loaded with tons How of. How are you going to plug that baby in? Well, and does I don't anyway. I'll let him internet. think of that. The e-reader. I I mean I did. I was like my phone because of podcasts. Yeah. But I'm just assuming there's no electricity. No, I there's not. So I mean I guess I could bring that, but it wouldn't last for very long because battery. <laughs> so I went bag of books. Yep. And the Bible is in there. Oh, but okay. Also, a few of my faves and some classics that I've always been meaning to read. But I've always been putting off, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like on the desert island, I've got time. I can try like the Count of Monte Cristo yeah. or one of those classics. Just hope your glasses don't break. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Twilight Zone? The, uh, you know what? The funny thing is these days, a lot of the reading I do, I take the glasses off. Okay. Because oh. of the... Are yeah. you to like trifocal stage? Um, I might oh, be boy. getting there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'll try to make this quick. So bag of books. And then also good footwear. 
because like I don't want I'm not wearing sandals or flip flops. I mean, you're going to need something reliable. Chacos. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure my feet are taken care of. I don't know (laughs) why. Very concerned about your feet. I (laughs) am. It's like uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway. Like the first thing he got off of the the dead guy he found was the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. You learned from experience there. Mm. Um, And then... I really wish I could have four because it's down to the, I don't know which, there's like a crank radio. Oh, yeah. So is that, I can, Are those real? They are. Oh. Yeah. But I, you know, so maybe either that or my bed. Like, I'm True. kind of thinking I need something comfortable to sleep on in that pop-up tent. So. <laughs> what about like a ladder to get up to the people who are giving you rations every day? How, hmm. how is that happening? Now that I'm like thinking about this stuff, <laughs> I just assume, like, where are they coming I assume from? they fly over and drop like a little parachute thing, like in the Hunger Games or something. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically okay. So we're in the Hunger Games. Yeah. There well, you then go. you okay. need those knives for self defense. <laughs> there you yeah. go. You gotta kill people, <laughs> and now it gets awkward. Oh boy! You You're not kids. alone on this island. <laughs> All right, Matt. You. Um. Well, I I actually think I would take an e-reader. And, and the, the electri- hold on. Okay. The second thing would be like a, a somehow a portable, you know, solar solar panel array type of thing. A little little one that you lay out and it'll yeah. take like all day to charge the thing. Uh-huh. And but, then at night then you, you read. And then at night you read. And then it's, you know, the Kindles are good for like 28 days when there's no Wi-Fi. So you do it once a month. Hmm. But you have to invent that little device first. No, they have them. They have port. They have like little cases you put on cell phones that really? have the solar panel charger on it. Oh, hmm. yeah, they, it's out there. Matt right. is prepared for this. He desert knows. Island. All right, what it else is out there? Um, so that's two of my items. Last item would have to be a ball. <laughs> a, a ball. There are so many infinite possibilities of mm. games to entertain myself with a yeah. ball. If you don't believe me, ask my mom. Would it be a- when I was growing up? That was. Everything. Would it be a Wilson volleyball? There you go. Take a Voight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a volleyball brand oh, okay. or a Mikasa. You're right. Oh. Takikara. Now I'm just naming volleyball <laughs> brands. <laughs> and we're getting goofier. <laughs> All right. I said I would bring the Bible. You need to do like some sort of want, want. It's yeah. true. I was like, well, it's one thing. I didn't think bag of books, but I right. guess if I could pick a bag of books, I'd do that. And lots of paper because on my desert island, I'm going to write like the next Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. I almost just said Monte Crisco. Monte Crisco. <laughs> and then I said it's flares. It's all about lard. Oh, it's about lard. Okay. <laughs> then I said flares. I'm like getting angry about these people who are dropping all these food. I'm like, why don't they just pick me up? And so I mm. set up this whole desert island question. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just mad about the whole scenario I put us in. I so. would take a boat. <laughs> I don't want to yell at the people who are just dropping me food. Pick me up. <clears throat> okay, let's talk marriage, guys. Let's get off the island and um, on to Relationship Island. All right, so Matt, um, like I said, we're in a season, and there are seasons. And it's funny because I've been speaking quite a bit to young folk, so like 20-somethings and et cetera. And I, when I talk with them, I, I get um, I get the sense that they are surprised and like kind of like, how does your marriage work? Which I get it. You know, I have these same-sex attractions. Matt wrestles with heterosexual lust. Our marriage shouldn't work according to the world standards. And so, um, but I'm finding when I talk to like even super straight couples that like every every couple has pain. And so um, 
I don't even think that it's unique to our type of marriage. I just think that there's seasons. And when I talk to people who are in heterosexual relationships, it seems like their seasons are very similar to ours. Um, so Matt, because we are in a season, I know we've talked about this a lot and it's been, you know, it's been a little one. Um, what do we do to stay connected even in this tough season? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that we've always tried to do well is is just keep the communication lines open, which mm-hmm. I, I will just admit that that's more you than me because you're the, what well, you like to talk and talking is, is not always my strong suit. I like to listen, but yeah. just having that lines of communication open, but then also like kind of actively fighting. And I know I do this in myself when we're in seasons of frustration with one another, um, kind of, you know, going back to that, the, the Jerry Maguire line, you complete me right. like actively fighting against that because it's not true. Like you're not supposed to complete me. You're supposed to walk alongside me. But if you are my completer and all of a sudden some, you get in a car accident right. and I'm supposed to be walking this, you know, the rest of my life alone or whatever, like I don't want to be seeing myself as incomplete. Um, and so to take kind of that responsibility and pressure off of you, even if you're not feeling it and not putting that expectation on you from my own perspective. Right. Which is why it's probably so critical that, and we haven't done this our whole marriage, like where we both sought God, like first thing in the morning and it doesn't have to be first thing. It just helps reset us. But like, I notice when we're both doing that, mm-hmm. our relationship is a lot better because we aren't looking to each other as the completer or the need meter. Like we're looking to God and then it's like, um, you're just like a gift. You're like a bonus on top of what God, God's filling of Mm -hmm. me. And we can like help to alleviate some of the inner pain, uh, like some of those core needs that we talk about, but it's, we can't look to each other to, to complete that. I've noticed one thing that we've done is really like, um, we try and pray together at the end of the day. And again, mm-hmm. we aren't, we don't nail this every time, but like, what does that do in you, Matt? Well, I, I think it's always nice to end my day with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even better to end my day with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the times that I'm either working late and you're going to bed because you get up earlier than me. And, um, you know, and we don't have always this like long, it's not like a long drawn out prayer, but mm-hmm. even just like, it's it's really reassuring when I when I finally do like come to bed and I'm just like lay down and you'll just kind of roll over and say hey you want to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost just like the acknowledgement like oh even though you looked like you were asleep you were almost just waiting for me you were still mindful of my presence or something I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and I just think it for me like it helps me to like you more when I know that you're trusting in something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So when we're both looking to God, it, I feel more secure. And that's usually a big deal for us as women to like feel secure. And I know for guys, it's often to feel like, like to feel like we respect you and trust you. And so when I see you looking to God, I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. Cause even though Matt's like imperfect, we're going to be all right because God is God. We're both looking to God. Mm-hmm. So one piece um, that I know this is goes beyond just a marriage relationship, but even like I'm thinking of parents with kids where you're wrestling with your kid in whatever, like if they're making choices, you're not a big fan of, 
is to find where you agree and like laugh together. Um, I know the other day, like we were in a rough spot and we just like picked up a Frisbee and just started tossing it back and forth. And it like threw us back to times when we liked we would have liked each other more and we are in a better state. Where that liking each other came more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where it wasn't like this, this, this winter season. And yeah. so like, I just, I felt like we looked at each other and we're like, oh yeah, we like each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you felt the same way. I was really happy to do that. And I mean, you remember when I probably picked up the Frisbee and I probably had a goofy like. Yeah puppy wanting to play fetch with me face (laughs) type of thing going on because I'm like, oh, Frisbee, yes. We haven't done that since college. And that's like how we fell in love and how we like, one of the first times that I knew I wanted to marry you was playing Ultimate Frisbee and all this kind of stuff. And so it kind of like brought my focus out of just the muck and the the season that we're in the hard, but, um, you know, reminded me, okay, there, there is more to our marriage and to our relationship and to our history and everything than, than just what we see right in front of us, which we easily focus on that negative. Totally. And so, you know, one of the things that, and this I'm taking from, from your parents, because you'd always said whenever there was like a, an extreme discouragement, your, your parents would make a point to like celebrate. Yes. You know? And so like, job loss. Hey, let's take the entire family and go to Pizza Hut and mm-hmm. have a bunch of pizza and be loud and annoying to all the other people in the We building. were never loud and annoying with 12 um, kids. We were just <laughs> always peaceful and fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we like to tell ourselves that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a really good practice to have that when you're discouraged, don't just sit there and dwell on your discouragement yes. and woe is me, life is hard, but to like actively say, "No, you know what?" There is something good that we can celebrate and and I want to focus my attention on that. Obviously, you still have to like pay attention to your problems and deal with them. You mm-hmm. can't just let them sit, but to not be so like overwhelmed by them that you lose sight of this is not the entirety of your relationship. Right, to take a breather. I know growing up and even in our because we've put that into our family practice now, like I almost like look forward to pain cuz I'm like we're going to do something fun to just stick it to Satan. <laughs> so it's like, yay, pizza. We whatever. Something terrible happened. Let's get pizza. So um, and one more piece on this, like I think about friends with whom like I disagree theologically. And so sometimes we'll talk about it back and forth. And then it's like, okay, let's just back up the train and let's find where we agree. Um, and so I, I know this just falls into that. I just know mm-hmm. that that's been helpful for us too, but it's helpful for my just friendships in general. Like, let's stop talking this, 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 which in this day and age, I feel like everyone's on this polarity. Let's find common ground. Um, we have someone told us we have to date each other. So this is marriage specific, but we, every Wednesday night, so after we record this podcast, we're like Thai food and whatever, (laughs) even if it's just at home watching like half a great food truck race show (laughs) with Thai food. It's just something fun um, and not so serious. Um, I know serving together has been fun. So moving into our office today, like just kind of like looking over each other at the like, sweating oh my word carrying some of those desks Desks. oh boy i was talk about like short help me jesus prayers (laughs) that was me today 
Um, but serving together, because then again, it's not like you're like looking at each other and like, ah, this is where we're different. But it's mm-hmm. like your eyes are off of one another and looking at something common. Yeah. You know, while we've been talking a while, I, I kind of want to bring Steve into the conversation because you've, you've been doing this for a little longer than we have. Yeah. And successfully, <laughs> at least <laughs> mostly, yeah. you know, I yeah. would assume. Yeah. And so, you know, what are some of the things that, that you and your wife do? Well, dating is, like you said, uh, we've kind of just got like a standing appointment for you. It's Wednesday night for us. It's Friday morning breakfast. Awesome. Um, but... I did just take her out for sushi Monday night. So that was a little bonus points there. Yeah. (laughs) Every once in a while, just kind of like a, you know, surprise one, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the one that we know we can count on, you know, when everything's crazy, we sort of protect that. Um, But then we also, you know, try to kind of just be aware of opportunities, Mm -hmm. you know, in addition to that. Um, Having fun. Yes, I totally agree with that one. It's nice that Kelly and I share a weird sense of humor, you know, we kind of get each other, mm-hmm. you know, so where like, you know, I could retell a story of something weird that happened to somebody else and they'd be like, oh, that's, that's <laughs> funny. That's, you know, but yeah. like she and I kind of just have this shared vernacular and kind Love of it. inside jokes and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So coming back to those is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there's the, you know, that kind of like, cliche of like don't go to bed angry but i think like what you guys said trying to remember to pray together Mm -hmm. having those kinds of habits Mm -hmm. you know um i think maybe in 25 years maybe once we have like chosen to not sleep together i mean i know that Mm -hmm. this that's you know i don't want to be like formula like reduce it to something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but you know, when you're right there in the same bed, there's mm-hmm. just something like you kind of have to work mm-hmm. through stuff. Yeah. Um, or at least like be civil, you totally. know? So anyway, that's just like a weird little thing that I think well, a lot of times we mm-hmm. don't give it the significance that it totally. deserves. Or yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Anyway. On that too, um, I've noticed, and I can watch Matt do this. We say this to sometimes to clients, but it's um, swallow the first five sentences you want to say. <laughs> so there's times when I know I'm I'm going off on something, and I, Matt has this Enneagram Nine, which is a peacemaker and a counselor. Uh, who so he's like he can see the situation and he can see exactly honestly it's probably the right answer. I just need him to shut his mouth and say that sucks. And empathize, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Does that really stinks, Lore? And so I've watched. I've I've mentioned this to Matt. I'm like Matt, I need you to swallow the first five sentences you want to say, and I like watch him do it <laughs> and just uh, care for me that way. Um, so I don't I don't know if I I hope I do that too for you. Uh-huh. I feel like, do, do I do <laughs> do, you, do you swallow the first five sentences? I have no idea. Uh, Probably because I'm a little bit less observant than you are and yeah. can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joy of being different. Anyway, <laughs> I think too, speaking each other's love language, um, we caught this the other day. So sometimes I'm like, Matt, tell me, what, I really like verbal things. So if you know what love language is like, Uh, acts of service, you know, words of affirmation, touch, time, gifts. Mm -hmm. And so I really like words of affirmation. I'm like, Matt, tell me specifically what you like about me. And his face just goes like deer Deer in headlights. headlights. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, you're pretty. <laughs> I like you. And I'm like, but why do you like me? Because you're you. Um, and so I, I can't demand that. That's one thing that I have noticed, though, is one of the definitions of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is love does not demand its own way. And so I said that the other day. I'm like, Matt, but tell me specifically. And he's like, don't please don't demand that of me. And I was like, that's really good. So then to offer it like, hey, this is how you could love me, but I don't have to demand this is how you mm-hmm. have to love me. Does that make sense? That's, yeah, that's good. That's good. And I um, have recently taken to um, when I think of the thing that I love about my wife that I want to say, yes. to her, write I write it down because yeah. I will forget by the time I'm in a place where I can actually, yeah. you know, that's so good. Uh, I, I just, it's, I don't know the way my brain works. It's its like mm-hmm. I've got a million things I love about Kelly, but articulating yes. them, sometimes, you know, I ha- they just slip. When you're off. on the spot deer in headlights, yeah. they don't come up. Yeah, right. Yep. And you're like, oh gosh, <laughs> God help me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I think honesty has been helpful. So when you're wrestling with things, um, but okay, what's the difference between like being like a jerk honest and then like being like, I actually really need to say that. Like how, what's that? process like for you guys like how do you weigh i need to say this and when do you not say this does that make sense yeah um well and i I, to me it seems like an easy answer that if your mind is like if you can truly look at your spouse or this person that you're confronting or whatever's happening and say like i am saying this because of my love for them Mm -hmm. like and this is to to edify or to encourage or to correct or, or somehow to make better and it's not just to make me feel good so it's for their good, not yeah. your good. It's not for my good. Huh. And, and that's that's one of those things, that little book by Tim Keller, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. Yeah. Um, you know, if our, if our thoughts and our motives are focused on our own self-gain, rarely, if ever, is that loving. It might be appropriate. You know, it might be truthful. It might be, but it, it, at that point, it's not necessarily loving if you're only focused on yourself. You know, because you're not you're not even thinking about the other person. You're not thinking about their needs, their their the outcome of this conversation for them. Hmm. But what if the other person is, I don't know, a jerk? So <laughs> I'm not saying you are. I'm just thinking of couples. I'm like, how do you how do you engage that? Well, and you can be in love with a jerk, Lori. You do it fairly consistently, I think. Sometimes you are but, kind. You know, but I mean, even even there, like there might be things that you need to say and it's like for the betterment of the relationship that you say them. And yes, you are gaining something, but your focus isn't just on, I'm going to make you know that you're a jerk. Okay. So how do you say that sentence? How do you say, so let's say you check your heart and you're like, this person really needs to hear this. How do you not say it? Like you need to hear this jerk. Like really like what's the sentence? How do you start that? Okay. So I'm going to use myself as an example because you, you've actually done this well. A few oh. times. Hey, look um, at me. You know, you're talking about these instances where you're you're pouring out your feelings and your emotions, and me and my counselor brain is like, I'm seeing both sides. Know. You know, and it's terrible. And you're just like, stop it. And you want to say that to me, but there was there's been a few times where you're just like, Matt, all day, I hold this stuff in. I'm hearing this complaint or these criticisms from other people, and when I come to you, yes. There could be something right, but I really need to just be understood. Hmm. Or I need, like, I really, it would it would mean a lot to me if you were to not say anything and just say, that sucks. Yeah. That's hard. 
or that sounds painful, or I'm sorry for your pain. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying that, yes, you were frustrated with me because here I was, I had just corrected you. I had just been like, but I see this, you know, this side of them. I see that, you know, and you were like, obviously frustrated, but you didn't just say, you always choose their side and you're always always for other people. You never do. Like always and never are usually keywords for this is not actually a truthful statement. Um, so you you came to me and you 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 just said like you made it plain like this is what I need from you, and it wasn't in a like screaming angry voice. Yes, there was emotion there, but ultimately it was because you wanted to better the relationship and you mm-hmm. wanted to feel like you could come to me and be heard and therefore keep your heart open to me not just close fist, give me an emotional punch in the face. Right. So it was like, this is how you could love me well, but you don't have to love me this way. Well, but there was also like this, almost like pleading for it because you're like, this uh, this hurts. Like th- okay. what I was doing was hurting you. So like it, 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 you showed me the emotional pain. You didn't like condemn me for doing it, but you did say, ah, I, I need to be understood. I need to be heard. I, I really wish you would stop doing that, you know? So my, your heart was drawn to mine because I, instead of covering up my pain with contempt, I just showed you the pain. Mm-hmm. And, okay. That's really good to know. I'm grateful for that. I have one more I wrote down. Um, and then if there's any others you guys got, but it was um, on how we can, I don't know, cultivate intimacy even in in difficult times is just to be in it forever. I know that there's been some times in, and it's just eight years of marriage that we've been together. Um, but there's been moments where we're like, are we going to make it? And we had to completely delete that sentence from our, mm-hmm. our, our vocabulary. And it's not, are we going, there's that's, that's not the question. It's we're going to make it. How are we going to make yeah, it? How are we going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's been moments where we're like, I don't know. And then, you know what we did? We got help. Mm. <laughs> we went to the Carolins and we went to people and we we're like, hey, we we ran out of tools in our toolbox and mm-hmm. that's okay. That doesn't mean that you are a failed marriage. That doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you ran out of tools and it's time to go to those people who are older than mm-hmm. us and ask and mature and, and, and know, um, it doesn't have to always be older, it could mm-hmm. be younger, uh, but people who have different tools that we can use. Well, and it's, it's helpful to just to, to talk to someone who's like got like no skills in the game like who are not so close to the situation that they're going to be reactive right that they can just truly hear your emotion and maybe even do a little translation for the other person because you know i could be saying something and you're hearing something completely different and vice versa because we're so close and we're so like in our own head emotionally that you like and and one of these times carolyn talked about that where when you were in the dumps and i'm like trying to like give you space thinking that's what you need me to do and you're like being hurt by that but I didn't know that and so it was like this weird time where neither of us were wanting to hurt the other person right but Carolyn had this way of of saying like Matt you know what Lori is saying is that when she's in the dump she actually wants you to come to her and help her to kind of climb out of that not just leave her sitting there and watching the girls and giving her space to grieve and all this kind of stuff which I thought was a a good thing that I was doing, but it was actually the opposite of what you really needed. But it took 
this conversation with someone outside of the situation to really bring that to the surface to the point where like, holy cow, this thing that I've been doing our entire marriage has actually been not helpful, even though I think with my entire heart that I am doing the most loving thing that I could possibly do for you. And I, as the receiver of that, I couldn't even name that because I couldn't see it. And I think that this is a good place to land the plane or pull the submarine in, whatever, <laughs> to our island, um, is if you are in a rough place, and I'm just talking to marriages out there, and really anyone, if you're in a rough spot, isolation kills you. Mm-hmm. Isolation in a marriage. We One of the enemy's worst tactics and in, in most common tactics is to isolate us and be like, you are the only one. You're the only one wrestling like this. And mm-hmm. that is just a lie from the pit. And so I just want to speak to you as, as people who are in a winter season and if people who've been in a super winter season, um, but I believe God is starting to thaw us, uh, but to get help, like do it right now. You can reach out to us. You can reach reach out to Steve. Reach out to anyone. Um, but just say we we're in we're in a tough spot. Would you please help us? We ran out of tools in our toolbox. Would you please help? Um, so we want to be there for you. We're happy to do that. Just not as people who want to patronize you and pat you on the head, but as people who are like, hey, as I've heard recently, we're just fellow beggars begging for bread, and we're all going to go to the cross together. And maybe one of us has a tool that we hadn't thought of or can look out object more objectively um, mm. than the two of you or you on your own if you're wrestling with something or in community. So um, thanks so much. This was rich. I feel like there's a lot more here, and I'm sure we'll, we'll keep talking about this. Um, next week, we're actually going to talk about idolatry of um, sex and marriage. So how can we confess that as a church collective and how that has actually hurt our oneness in the church, no matter if you're single, married, or whomever. So I'm really excited about that. That's one of Matt's talks that he gives, and um, I wanted it on the podcast. And also, here's our question of the week, because sometimes I forget to do that, is What's one of your worst dates you've been on, people? So, yeah, they, <laughs> I already know that one. I, yeah, I, I think I know which one you could talk about. So, what's you know, we could talk about good dates. Let's talk about bad dates. Um, and please uh, let us know if you guys have any thoughts, any suggestions for Goofball Island. We got some good ones this week. We'll probably talk about some of those that you gave us last week on our Instagram. So thanks so much for Lori and Matt and producer Steve. This has been the Hole in My Heart podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. The gospel is good news for everybody, every day. Check us out at himhministries.com where you can see all Matt and Lori have to offer and where you can listen to previous episodes. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. And if you'd like to answer our question of the week or if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at podcast at himhministries.com. Hey Ringo, I've just had the strangest dream.